All right, let's be having you. Yes. Have you tidied up your bunk? To all our killers and our hundred dollar billers. What? Where did that come from? It's mob too, deep, mate, isn't it? It's too early for this kind it of behaviour. Yeah, it's mob, a little bit early. But I heard that. It, it's, a, it's a mob deep tune, and I heard it in a in a bar the other night, and I thought, that is a brilliant song, and I haven't heard it for ages. Oh, you're always in bars, Luke. I oh, am. I'm trying to relive your youth and your indie clubs and <laughs> stuff. Listen to Mob Deep. <laughs> Touche. Chapeau, the Pete. Mm. Uh, that is the Pete over there trying to get an early digging at me, as yeah. is the custom, and I am the Luke, and it's bloody lovely to have you here with us. I like to wind you early so you can't get the uh, breath back for the you rest do. of the podcast. And that someone of my size, it is very difficult to catch your breath. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be fair. Big lungs. Um, this is the Luke and Pete show where we discuss uh, whatever we want, really, and um, the stories that you submit to us by emailing hello at lukeandpeetshow.com. It's episode 71. You know the drill by now. Mm. If you're new to the show, that's essentially what happens. It's not a high barrier to entry, Pete, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. If you've got the email address, you can get in and improve the show exponentially. How's your weekend been, all right? It's been okay. It's been not too bad. Um, wife and I decided to start watching Game of Thrones again from the beginning. There's so much telly out there, Luke. Yeah. You're missing out. I'm in a position now, though, where um, there's three types of TV show in our, in our home. Mm. One that my wife watches without me. One yeah. I watch without her, because right. perhaps each of us don't have a particular interest in it. Right. And one we watch together. Okay. And I'm never short of ones that I can watch on my own. Okay. And neither is she. But when it comes to stuff we're really excited uh. about, we don't really get involved that much. And the most recent thing we watched was The Night Manager, which was excellent. Mm. But it's only six episodes. So we thought, you know what? If we time it right, because there's so many Game of Thrones episodes and we mm. both really like it. If we time it right, we can build our way up towards the, the new and final season maybe next year. Can I interest you in Queer Eye? That seems to be big at the moment. Mimi loves RuPaul, it. RuPaul, Queer Eye. She it's just, loves it. It's, it's just she, everywhere. She loves RuPaul Drag Race, which, which is a fantastic TV show, by the way. It's quite formulaic, but it we, is really we've funny. About this. We've spoken about yeah. RuPaul's uh, Drag Race before, but um, I've, not, I've not got involved with the original Queer Eye, uh, with the new Queer Eye, but I really used to like the, the original. Yeah, it's quite touching, just, the original. But I just feel like a... Um, like an old man, sort of going. Oh, well, you are. I preferred the original. Yeah, you I are. I preferred the original Queer Eye. Mm. Uh, we're both old men. We've got to deal with it. Um, recently so, so on the, the so the queers. <laughs> that's true. Recently on Luke and Pete show, a hidden VHS porn tape. Um, imagining Pete as a BT engineer, um, not needing to imagine Pete going to the wrestling because he went there dressed in a suit and drank red wine. Um, because that's the pretentious type he is. National treasures, treasures. Sorry, a science quiz which Pete aced. Um, a man who listens to this show stole Baz Luhrmann's finest piece of work. Oh, yeah. And uh, Pete announced inadvertently that he hasn't seen the film The Revenant. Yeah, by reading out a really long email about, about The Revenant. Revenant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it felt as arduous as I think The Revenant <laughs> it probably was, yeah. Be, I was worried I was never going to come back from that. Well, you want a new jingle, so I got like a last week jingle. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I didn't realise. Oh, yeah, so that's why, you know, that's why I brought uh, that, you see. Well, if people could put their minds into the zone and, and mm. imagine those two things that just happened the other way around, We'd be, we'd be fine Have we there. done National Treasure, like US National Treasure's uh, Terry Crews? Is this how this all started? Because I'm always very vocal about how uh, what, a, what a delight Terry Crews is. I don't even know who that is. Um, big guy, used to be an NFL player, I think. Uh, and now he is a comedic actor, and he's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, 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 I know who he is, yeah. yeah. He's, is he not the guy who played, um, what's it called, office linebacker? Uh no, that was a different guy. No, okay. I was, no, um, he but he did used to be in the NFL. He, okay. He's uh, he's a big uh, one of the rare male uh, provenance of uh, the Me Too movement. He was on the front of Time magazine, was it? One of the big bags. Right. He did that big roundup of one of the big ones. Uh, of the people who are making the world a little bit better. But he's a delight. Were we on that, Pete, or not? No, we, we're not shame. making the world. I don't think any we. Better. No, I don't think we can. 
really comment on the American national treasures. It'd be very hard for us, wouldn't it, to, to assess them, even if people sent them in. Ask your wife. I will. All right, I will. You do that. Uh, she'll say RuPaul. Um, I um, Well, again, that's a really good example. That's a very good example. Another one uh, I wanted to bring up, Pete. Uh, Patton Oswalt. Not, <clears throat> if you don't mind, uh, I watched a really good film over the weekend called Annihilation. Right, is this the... Yeah, okay. It's uh, Alex Garland <laughs> the, who made is, is Ex a, Machina. Is it a sequel to Ex Machina? You love no. Bear Garland. You love a bit I do. Do you know what? I was thinking to myself watching this movie, this is great. You love women and who can take their faces off. Secondly, no, there was none of that. Oh. Uh, secondly, um, Alex Garland, what, what a great filmmaker. Obviously involved in 28 Days Later. Right. Made Ex Machina, which is the best science fiction film I've seen for many a year. Um, and this film particularly was almost the most unsettling film I've seen since I can remember. Do you know anything about it? Uh, no. So I'll, I'll give you a quick pricey without doing any spoilers. Um, in the middle of um, the nowhere, in the middle of nowhere in the US, this thing emerges, which they call, which obviously it's it's, it's um, high security and there's eyes only and classified information mm. that they call the, the shimmer, right? And the shimmer is just this big area surrounded by a shimmer. And I don't know what it is. It's in some rural part of, of the south of the US. I think it might be the Florida Panhandle. Sounds, and like, they, sounds and like PUBG. Sounds they, a bit of um, player unknowns battlegrounds. Yeah, it might be. It's a bit like that. Shimmer. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Uh, <laughs> it is a bit like that in principle. Uh, and then keys to my bimmer. But the teams they send in never come back. Right. And then Natalie Portman plays a, a soldier, a scientist um, who was also in the US Army, mm. and her husband has oh boy, I think it's husband has gone on like a classified mission. She doesn't know what it is. Turns out he's going to the Shimmer, mm. and he comes back. And he doesn't know what's happened, and he's all a bit weird, and it, and it sort of escalates from there. And honestly, it's well worth a watch. It's absolutely fantastic. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it went straight to Netflix. Oh, did uh, it? Right, yeah. Okay. For some reason, it didn't get a release on, in the cinema here. But it did in the US. I, like movies, like the movie industry is changing so quickly. You can just you can get away with being a lot more creative with your releases. The, um, I was, I was over the weekend. I watched um, uh, Lost in London, which is a Woody Harrelson film, his directorial debut. Like most. Right. Um, um, directors when they're you know transitioning from actor to director they usually do like a softball romantic comedy or something or yeah to, give him a, a chance film or something yeah um but in this case like he did a live film that was broadcast in like 200 cinemas across the uk uh, us uh, and a few in the uk as well mm. basically filming a film live mm. all in one shot all just one shot um from Blimey. start to finish hour and a half uh to two hours just um, a, a romp through London, basically. Was it Owen, good? Owen Wilson's in it. Um, uh, what's it? Who's, who's the old bloke who looks? Um, ah, ah he's, playing he's, an old, he's an old Chris um, Christopherson. No, he's an old folk, not an old folk singer. He's an old country singer. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, yeah. Willie Nelson rocks up in it and stuff. And For those just... listening at home, Pete was basically mimicking an air guitar there <laughs> and looking at me quite intently. <laughs> I, was on, I was under pressure. It's uh, it's all it takes, really. But yeah, um, it's it's all, all done in one shot. It's really clever about how they've managed to, you know, you know what London is like. You can't do anything without running into yeah. some problems. Sounds um, like a pretty ambitious first project. That's what I mean. It's so weird, but yeah, that that was uh, that was that was my film of the weekend. Good. But I'm very impressed by his. Uh, is, is it going to be released subsequently? Yeah, it's, I think it's coming out now. I watched it on Hooky Stream, but uh, but they yet. made but they made it live, so you could watch they it as it, it was being yeah, made. Yeah, so people huh. there were like people, there were people in like um, in uh, some theaters in the East End of London watching it while the action was happening outside the theatre at the same time. Right. Really weird. Like, I don't know how they managed to sort of do it all. Good, good was, for them. More than anything else, I was just thinking, how do you mic that up? Because they're in a million different places. You're thinking tech spec. I'm thinking away. tech spec. I'm thinking, um, there's, like, the, 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 mic, the mic work, the sound work is incredible. And also, because you can hear everything, and the lighting is insanely good because he's just travelling through all these like, little 
kind of underground bits all over the place. He's in taxis. I wonder in, how they organise it. He's in jails and stuff. He's in prison at one point, and like, and that's where he sees Willie Nelson. It's just it's hard for me to even imagine how it even what it even looks like. I'm sure it's been re-edited since it was out in the cinema, but I mean. It's there's no fuck ups, and that you can't really re-edit something that's you know one long tracking shot, one one long shot. Do you remember? When they, do you remember when they did that um, live episode live of EastEnders? <laughs> they do that every um, few years. Don't what's they? his they name? The it. fella, the the ginger fella. He plays uh, Max Branning. Didn't he call the the, the actor's name right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he also you got caught on camera because what happens? I think in that in that episode, his son fell off a roof and died. Yeah, and uh, he was overcome with grief, and he actually um, vomited. But obviously, he had to make himself vomit, and I think the camera sort of pans him too quickly. And he had his fingers down his throat. Oh god! Yeah, so well, just, that was a shit show. There's a, there's a bit of a vom during this film, and it's really interesting how they do it. Let's say right. it's all one tracking shot. It is yeah. all one shot. If you, um, I've got to say, track, not, got to stop saying tracking. But um, yeah, if if you're talking and then suddenly you have to vomit, how do you get the vomit in your mouth without uh, making yourself sick? The things people do for entertainment. I know, right? right? Maybe they do something like. Um, uh, can I say this without spoiling it? Like uh, Gus Fring does in Breaking Bad to get rid of the poison. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Um, but very quickly before we move on, Alex Garland, the films he's been involved in, 28 Days Later, brilliant film. Have you seen it, Peter? Yes. Fantastic. Sunshine, he wrote, brilliant. Mm. Really underrated as well, I thought. Um, uh, Never Let Me Go, which I haven't seen, but was nominated for a few awards. Ex Machina, again, brilliant. And Annihilation, also brilliant. So well worth checking out. Interestingly enough on Annihilation, though, Pete, just before we move on, Speaking to Sam, obviously, who does our, our visual stuff here mm. at, 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 in the office, he's a bit younger and he's obviously much more interested in graphics and mm. that kind of stuff. And he said he thought that the final act of Annihilation, which does involve quite a lot of CGI, right. said actually turned him off because he didn't look real enough. Mm. Which is weird because I thought the opposite. And I wondered if there was a generational thing there. Uh, or maybe I just can't, I haven't got a great eye for detail, which is probably more accurate. Yeah, I, th- I think um, the problem with uh, modern CGI is that uh, you, you've got to be. You've got to be very creative with it, unless it, it, it looks a bit crap. To be honest, right. especially like especially when you're watching it at home um, in HD, you can really sort of get up nice and nice and close. And, and yeah, it's 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 certainly the technology's moved faster than the CGI. I think in many right. in many respects, and I think people have to be a bit more creative. But it, it sounds like a more inter- it sounds like a quite interesting um, film in that you know. It's like a Bermuda Triangle of um, yeah, and it's also it does, it, 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 you're right, and also what it does really well is almost explores loads of really interesting ideas mm. like it, it talks about how um you know like it talks quite a lot about um self-destruction and the it talks about the, the refraction of light mm. but taking that principle of the refraction of light when you put a, a light beam through a prism and all these different yeah. ways things come off it talks about that but more generally not just about light i'm trying to sort of talk about it without trying to give anything away but that's basically this sort of the premise of it um, but it's also part aliens, part um, monster movie, part um, psychological thriller. Mm. There's lots go- it's, it's actually got a lot of the event horizon in it as well. I listened to Mark Kermode, uh, his review of it after I watched it. Mm. And um, he's got some really interesting things to say about it as well, which is worth checking out. So anyway, it's a good movie. I was really surprised that a movie of that quality with a big name lead in Natalie Portman. It's got Oscar Isaac in it as well. Mm. It's two big bankable stars. Didn't go on Isn't the Natalie Portman cinema. bankable in uh, 2018? Well, good question. Names. I mean, she's like, very good in that. Yeah. Anyway, good good movie. Um, check out the Woody Harrelson film as well. What's it called? Live in London. Live in uh, Lost in London. Live. Lost in London. Live. Okay. Um, and also on the film tip, um, do you remember last time around, or maybe last week or so ago, um, we um, talked about Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. And how, what would be really great would be if he were to um, 
play a normal person. Mm. Well, lots of people got in touch on email and on Twitter, and we're on Twitter at Luke and Pete Show, saying that he plays a normal special branch police officer in the Chris Morris vehicle for Lions. <laughs> but does. I don't remember that being a very big part. No, it was he was a was he a negotiator? I think he was negotiating with them in a, in while they were in a kebab shop. I think right. Okay. It's, it's only in I had to rewatch that. And he fucks it up basically. He goes, you can't <laughs> get it. Like he he, he um, messes up um, the way he talks to one of the actors, and he goes, "You call me gay," and then, <laughs> then he gets really upset. Um, right. There's a great um, sketch watch of the weekend. Benedict, Benedict come back in. SNL, Saturday Night Live, where he is talking, he plays like a kind of um, a 30 year old uh, lecturer uh, at like Harvard or something. Right. And uh, he's basically talking to this kid. He's basically, um, he's basically in love with a, 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 one of his students. Uh, and he goes in to kiss this kid while, he's, while they're um, tutoring or whatever. And this kid is like really dumb, like really stupid and really thoughtless. Right. Um, and he's going, oh my god, I can't believe I just tried to kiss you. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It was a momentary lapse in my, in my judgment and my concentration. I'm so sorry. And he's like, really, um, he's really flowery with his language and stuff. And he's like, and he really loves this kid. But this kid is a fucking idiot. So he's like, going, yeah, cool, yeah. <laughs> he's like, going, uh, I, I'm so sorry. C- can we forget this uh, momentary uh, aberration? He's going, yeah. <laughs> That's he, said. he literally speaks in in, in one syllable. And like, She's like, uh, like the boy in um, Family Guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more, uh, and he says something like, uh, uh, um, he says something like, uh, he uses a, a word that has the word taint in it. And the kid goes, huh, taint. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like kind of fucking, um, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's tearing his fucking hair out. And, you know, he's he's being really sort of like emotional about his relationship with this boy. But this boy's a fucking idiot. Like, And his mate comes in and goes, you, you come in? And he goes, yeah. Uh, lecturer Steve tried to kiss me. Go, oh, cool! And they just leave. <laughs> they, don't care. And he's, they don't care. They just don't care. And he's, and he's just fucking racked with like. But what know, it is, Pete, is a horrific having... abuse of trust, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, but, uh, yeah. Before we move on to, I recommend it. Before we move on to the undoubted highlight of the show, which mm. is uh, the, our lovely listeners, uh, misses anything you've been up to uh, over the last few days. How's Stewie doing? How's 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 Daddy Donaldson getting on? Uh, I've not really spoken to him. I um he. Uh, I did put on WhatsApp something to do with Brexit, and we had a bit of a set to about that. Always uh, troubling, I guess. If you uh, if you if you talk about Brexit with your, with your parents, you say that. I'm, I'm so pleased you brought that up because my family came out last weekend before last, and we're talking about it. And both my parents voted to remain. Yeah, my mum voted remain, and my dad didn't because you want to stick it to the man. And I'm like, how's this fucking going, Dad? Eh? Yeah. How's it going? How's your how's your protest vote going, Daddy? Oh, yeah. That's probably uh, why he's not replying, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. Well, no, he is replying with a load of shit from the fucking Daily Mail. Right. But he's also part of him stinking my son's an idiot. <laughs> oh, he's, he's annoying me. That's that's base level. You I mean, can't you, you can't imagine you can't imagine. I mean, because at one point, we, regular listeners of the show will know. A few months ago, we had very ambitious, high hopes for you and Daddy Donaldson to go on holiday together. Yeah. And now you're giving him that shit. Well, he's having none of it anyway. To be honest, I've made other plans. Have you? That'll teach him. What's him with a picture? This could be you, but we're playing. This could be us, but you playing. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's do some emails, Donnie. Let's do some emails. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Look at me. 
Oh, very nice. Luke at me. Jerry you know, Hallowell. Like, some of the clips are like Luke based. I thought I'd go for a Luke at me. Let's talk about the best Jerry Halloway. So, uh, Halloway? Jerry what Halloway. What a way to Halloway. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Halliwell. Do you remember Halliwell's movie guide? My dad was a big fan of that. Yeah, I do actually, Halliwell's vaguely, I think. Yeah. movie guide. Should we talk about Jerry Halliwell's uh, best solo singles? Oh, no. <laughs> Which running men, Luke at me. I, I can uh, think, to be, to be honest, just depressingly, I could, pro- I could probably sing five of them. Uh, have I got, I've, I've, I've done three. Do, go on, do again. Uh, look at me. Yeah. Uh, that Spanish one. Michiko Latino. Michiko yeah. Latino. <laughs> yeah. My God. And uh, it's Running Man. That's a cover, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's still a solo single, isn't it? What about Lift Me Up? What's I will one? be your angel now. Lift me up. No, That's her. What about Bag It Up? Bag It Up. And duck them, baby. Oh, Dang yeah. it up. Take it, take it. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, and what about um, brassy, didn't she? Scream If You Want to Go Faster? No, don't remember that one. I'll tell you something now. I would say, Donny, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I would that's say a, that... That's a greatest hits EP. Well, no, no, not for me personally, but give it credit where it's due. People will talk about Jerry Halliwell, and I'm so enthusiastic about this because I didn't realise that was going to be the new jingle, so I'm, I'm rolling with it. Um, people will talk about Jerry Halliwell's solo career, and if you spoke to someone in a, in a bar mm. about it, they would say, yeah, it was a joke. Never do that. Yeah, failed, failed. Yeah, quite. Uh, excuse me, gentlemen, uh, what would you like to talk about? Can I just say Jerry Halliwell's solo career? Four number one UK singles. Yeah, I mean we will get eight to the top point. ten. Eight top ten solo singles in the MP3 age, though, Luke. It's very easy to get a number one. No, we're talking two thousand four, mate. <laughs> Ninety nine to two thousand four was not the MP3 age, surely. <laughs> I'm just saying, give her credit where it's due. Mm. All right. Anyway, emails. I'm trying to think. There was a song that I played on the radio uh, recently, and it didn't. It got to like number three, and I was like, "Jesus, really?" Sometimes, like as back in the day, it was quite hard to get a number one single, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There was yeah. a um, there was a show on. Um, was it yesterday? I was reading um, reading a book, and I had what did I have on? Some sort of highlights program. I can't remember. And then it flicked over, flicked on straight on to the top fifty um, talent show moments. Right. Ever, right, which is not a show, admittedly, not really a show I'd normally watch, but it stayed on. I was like, actually, this is quite funny because it's quite nostalgic. And I, and, I, and, I, and I kept it on. And um, one of them was when, I, I completely forgot about this, but one of them was when Rage Against the Machine got number one because people got so mm. pissed off with Simon Cowell that poor old, um, what's his name, Joe McEldry, who, oh, yeah. he was the only one to not get a number one because he was subject to a massive campaign against <laughs> it. Remember when they were on, uh, I think it was Radio 5 Live, and they, um, uh, and they did the uncensored version. And they went. Did they? Yeah, they said that. Yeah, they said they weren't going to do that. No, it was. It was might have been BBC Television actually. It was like because um, I remember that it was in video. Well, they were playing it live. They were playing it live. Right. And they said they weren't going to. It was do, killing in the name they, of. Wasn't yeah, it? they yeah. said they were going to do the censored version. And they just like fuck you. I what is the censored version? I will. Um, fun you. <laughs> I can't remember now. I can't remember. I think, I don't I think, I've ever heard I, it. Yeah, because I think they just go. I think they just bleep it or reverse it or something. But what makes me laugh is like, um, is that uh, like how slowly. They get the fader down. Just bash it right down, mate. Yeah, Just easy. Bash. As soon as you hear fuck, bash it down. It's the BBC, they isn't got, it? They got three Fat of the land. Fat of the land. No, no there's no the, live broadcasting Because they, exec- they need bloody three executives to make Just a decision about yeah, it. Yeah, fill a form out, eh? Or uh, political. Yeah, yeah. That's a good... That's a, by the way, that is a lovely, um, rich um, seam to mind that. Mm. The way that... Uh, the best um, uh, ways of, of dubbing out swearing in, in pop songs. Right. Um, Snoop Dogg used to do a brilliant way of doing it. He used to, every time there'd be a swear word, he used to overdub himself going, what? 
<laughs> get the what out of here and and Wu-Tang late, later on Wu-Tang when they put out Gravel Pit and Protect Your Neck and stuff the jump off the re-up the re of Protect Your Neck they uh, must have been Rizzo who was producing it and he used to get a load of like a variety of comedy sounds right yeah, yeah instead yeah. of instead of reversing it like or bleeping glass yeah and like, like so yeah, so instead of fuck, it would be like clang or like a, or like an alarm going off or something. Fucking gravel piece. Do my boil my piss. I used to play it every time I used to DJ it, and uh, yeah, I forget that it's got a real long fucking yap at the end. Oh it's yeah, like, you got to fade it out, mate. And it's, it hasn't got, a, and it's just that somebody's just gone. It's so unwelcome at the end of it. You go for a piss, you come back, and there's just shouting. That's what. That's why, guys, get it together. That most recent Pusha T record. The, um, what's it called Daytona mm. it's, it's good and um, it's good anyway but one of the things that's quite interesting about it is my one of my biggest bugbear about hip hop records is they're like 25 songs long mm. and they have like about 5 or 6 skits in them and a load mm. of it's just unnecessary that Daytona record is 7 songs yeah. I think it's 21 minutes and, it, and as a result surprise or unsurprising it sounds really light I'm sorry really <laughs> sort of lean and really like snappy it's, it's brilliant because yeah. of it. So anyway, that's more of a general point. At one point in the, in the dim, distant past, Pete, we were going to do emails. Shall we do that now? Let's do that You now. go first. All right, then. Uh, long time uh, listener, first time emailer. This is from uh, Liam, episode 67. I was talking about... Oh, no, wait. Listen, uh, it wasn't me. It was listener Pete. Uh, wrote in describing how his pal Ross Other had plagi- are available. plagiarised a famous song and submitted it as his own, po- as his own poem at school. Uh, during Jesus English, we were asked to write out the framework of a story. We had to stand up and read out the, our work to the entire class. Um, 15 minutes to go, I was just messing around, basically. I was flirting with the girls in the class, um, and uh, I went about creating my story. It would be about a man named Guybrush Threepwood who wanted to become a pirate. He lived on an <laughs> island somewhere in the Caribbean. This is your favourite. Malay Island. I, there's a reason why I'm reading it out, uh, where he had a number of trials to complete before officially becoming uh, allowed to be <laughs> being allowed to be a pirate, such so as sword fighting, searching for buried treasure, and stealing an item from the local governor, Governor Marley, who he later falls in love with. There's also an e- evil zombie ghost pirate leader named Chuck who was after him. I named this completely original story The Man Who Wanted to Become a Pirate. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the only original part of this piece of work, that name. Uh, I was uh, selected for the random presentation, read my uh, work out to the class. To my amazement, nobody realised I'd read out the storyline to the LucasArts uh, point and clicker, The Secret of Monkey Island. Obviously, my classmates and teacher were not cool enough to have a cousin with an Amiga. I got away with this. Uh, and I'm sure a few uh, classmates were weirded out, weirded out by my amazing creativity at the time. <laughs> so, was it called The Secret of Monkey Island, that game? I just uh, thought it was called one, Monkey yeah. Island. The Secret of Monkey Island was the first one. They've all got different ones. Um, the second one's LeChuck's Revenge, isn't it? Uh, uh, Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, and then there's The Curse of Monkey Island. There's like other ones as well. Um, I remember number two being absolutely fantastic, which is the one that I am rubber, you are glue, bounces off me, sticks to that's you. That's the first one. Oh, is it? Okay. So well, I must have played that one as where well. Where they sort of replaced um, kind of action sword fighting with uh, insult sword fighting, effectively. Yeah. Very which, good. Uh, it was a beautiful little... Tim Schafer, he's a, he's, he's a pretty decent writer. He's a funny guy. Just as a note to our, everyone listening out there, if you are going to sort of come in with a Monkey Island-themed anecdote, you're going to have a very um, accommodating audience here because Pete loves Monkey Island so much. He has an eight-bit tattoo of LeChuck on his left calf. Sixteen-bit, yes. Sixteen-bit, um. sorry. <laughs> um, what? But this is this is a truly remarkable email yeah. from Billy, who's asked for his surname not to be used, um, but so we won't. Um, but but honestly, this is one of the most remarkable emails <laughs> I have ever read on this show, and it does take a turn. So bear with it. It's from Billy, and he says, "Hi guys. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say that my batteries are Ready Cell, which is a fairly mm. common common-ish uh, brand, I would say." Um, 
And Billy says, a recent news story reminded me of an eerily similar event that happened a few years ago. Let me start by saying that my mum is an absolute nightmare to go to the shops with. She stops, waves, and says hello to everyone she sees, and everything takes much longer than it needs to. A few years ago, she was in a cafe and saw someone whose face she recognised. She smiled, waved, and said hello to a woman of similar age. She then saw the same woman a couple of weeks later at the shops, and they got chatting again. They exchanged phone numbers and pleasantries, as they both said they should meet for a coffee soon, as it had been far too long. They then met for a drink and a natter. By this point, both my mum and her old friend were in, uh, were in too deep to ask how they actually knew each other. So it's like one of those things when you go too far with something. like You know when yeah, you can't yeah. remember someone's name? Yeah. Um, my mum came home and admitted that she'd been for a coffee with a, wo- a woman she barely knew, uh, <laughs> but she had seen before, and couldn't remember if she was the mum of a friend of mine, or my brother, or someone else in the local community. A few months later, we were watching the news, and my mum shouted, Oh, that's her! There's my friend! It was a news item about the polonium poisoning of the former Russian spy Alexander Litvinenko. <laughs> who had lived not too far away in North London. His wife was doing an interview about the failure to charge anyone in connection with his death. It was then we realised that the reason my, fir- my mum first said hello to Mrs Litvinenko was because she had seen her on TV some, t- some months ago when the poisoning news first broke, but couldn't put two and two together and assumed she knew her from somewhere else. Sadly, they've not met up since. Yours, Billy. I imagine um, T uh, invites for any of the Litvinenkos are uh, thin on the ground, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I'm all right, thanks. I love that. Shall we meet in it too? Fuck you. Uh, can I just, can I, yeah. <laughs> You're taking the piss. Um, <laughs> that sort of stuff's funny because in, in, in the age we live in now where you have like reality and entertainment is so yeah. blurred, I can remember being in, um, a, uh, in an office a while back talking to a couple of guys who I work with sometimes about um, people who had fallen ill. And we were talking about, oh, and, and that famous person had has fallen ill and that famous person has fallen ill as well. And I was saying, oh, yeah. Oh, and there was someone else as well, wasn't there? Who was it? And saying, mm-hmm. I asked everyone. Yeah. And um, they were all suggesting like famous people to me. And then I realized about sort of a minute into it that it was actually my friend's dad. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that because that makes me sound ridiculous. <laughs> so I was just, oh, I can't remember. And anyway, I just, I just sort of glossed over it and left it. I do but like, it does happen. I do like sort of uh, women over a certain age, like mums of a certain age where they, ju- they just... They're just friendly, and they be, oh, there's my friend, and and they yeah. will just do that that sort of stuff. Oh, hello, how you doing? My my granddad um will I'm, I'm actually well we, when he used to be a bit more mobile, he used to go out a lot more. Mm. He would um, without fail say hello or good morning to every man of a similar age to him who had a straight <laughs> back and looked like he might have been in the services. He, he would <laughs> morning. Like morning, and they would always say morning back. Yeah, it's like some sort of secret society. Oh, anywhere out of London, though, I, I I get involved with a bit of morning action. I like it. I like it. Makes yeah, me I, was feel well, alive. I was as well. When, when, when I was in Richmond Park on Saturday. Fantastic place, obviously. Um, and um, everyone who walked past there said hello to us, and we said it back. It's something about the countryside. But Especially makes you if do you, that. Countryside. Yeah, Richmond, well, Richmond Park, Park is pretty big. It's big. It is. It big. feels like you feel like you're in the countryside. It is big. It's nice to sort of be there, not having to sort of go to fucking sky, though, isn't it? <laughs> fucking hostily. That's oh, true. Fuck off. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. My mate. Uh. We were at a party, a Halloween party, and we started, she started saying hello to this lass. Um. Like really, sort of going, "Oh my god, I haven't seen you since like MTV. Like, we used to work at MTV together." She was like, "No, I haven't. No, I never, really? I never did that. So no, you were. No, we used to. Yeah, you're wrong. You, then, I know your life better then, than you. And then about and then about half an hour later, she went. She was off the only West Essex, wasn't she? <laughs> nice. Very good. Magical. Um, hello to... Oh, I've not got any... I've not got a name for this. Apologies whoever this was. What's it about? I'll um, tell you. Disturbed. Oh, okay. Oh, the band, disturbed, the band Disturbed. Okay. Uh, morning, lads. Enjoyed the Disturbed sample. Ooh, ah, 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 
introducing the emails. Uh, my favourite David Draymond story, I presume he's indisturbed, uh, was that he used to be active uh, on the official disturbed message boards. He used to type in all capitals to prove that it was n- really him. Right. <laughs> really like. Remember the band... How um, does that prove anything? What do you mean? Well, I'll, I'll do it all in capitals. I don't know, yeah. Mean. I mean, you'd, you'd expect there was some kind of... Um, he would have like a tick next to his name. Sort of going. Apparently he's married to a former WWE uh, approved, wrestler as well. Approved mod. Um, uh, yeah, he, um, who's the band he did? The girl all the bad guys. Bowling for Soup, is it? Yes. I believe one of the members of that band also used to spend a lot of time on the forums of the, of their website. Right. He's a big fat bass player. It might have been. Okay. He may have Why are you looking possibly at me like that? flirted with girls on there. Oh, okay. And that's where that story ends. Perks, uh, good. The, perks <laughs> the job, mate. Um, uh, what about this then, Peter? For, mm. uh, um... Uh, this is a quite a long name. Rich Sharp. Hello, okay, Rich, Rich Sharp. Well done to you, Rich, for getting him. Ah, there we go. Oh my God, I did that. I did that on uh, the Ramble quite it's, recently. It's touch sort of, sensitive. It's it touch sensitive. sensitive. Um, that would be my rap name. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think that lad who that lad who uh, did the disturbed uh, thing was Jeremy Lavender. Okay, might be wrong on that one. You but think you probably hey, are actually, but hey, let's, let's cross over that. Mm. Um, Rich Sharp, good luck, good, good for you, Rich, for getting in touch with this because this is not an easy thing to um, to, to admit. Right, I, I very much respect you doing it, and, and in a way, this, this show has become almost cathartic for people for this type of issue, and, and, mm. I'll, and I'll explain why. Well, well, the email will explain why. He says, "Hi, the Luke and the Pete. I've uh, been listening since the start. It's almost your paper anniversary, by the way. Oh. But this is my first time email. My batteries are Bexel." I have something to add to the embarrassing school stories thread, a moment which I can look back on fondly. I, I think that's sarcasm. It has to be sarcasm. <laughs> it's 1995 and I was 11 years old. It was definitely summer term as I remember the heat, but it wasn't that hot. Let's be clear. This was in a suburban Basing Stoke school in Hampshire, known locally, uh, known locally as Amazing Stoke. Uh, the class was all set to watch one of those sex education videos, you know, where the teacher rolls up the TV video unit and everyone sits around with bated breath. The video begins, there's giggles and the usual murmuring, but I distinctly remember subject matter of girls' periods and the narration of the details of when the egg leaves the fallopian tube, etc., etc. The next thing in the memory bank is the blank looks of 20 or 30 classmates all looking at me confused and the TV screen showing a paused image of the diagram of a uterus. I had obviously fainted. I'd go back to sleep at that point. If yeah. I was, if I was the fainting <laughs> kind. Ugh, fallopian tubes. This moment was pretty embarrassing in itself, and for the next week or so, I had to straight back any claims that it was the sight of a womb that had caused me to faint by using the more likely scenario, which was, honestly, it was just really, really hot that day, and my hay fever was really, really bad. Honest, you can ask my mum. And so I managed to weather the storm of playground bullies for a few days and laugh it off. Rolled on the next sex education class about a week later, and the next video in the series, which was the subject of childbirth. <clears throat> sure enough, we get about 10 minutes in, and the inevitable happens. Boom. I go over again, hitting my head on the side of a wooden stool as I go down. <laughs> Cue the blank looks, this time not of confusion, but of mild satisfaction with a tinge of sympathy as their brains had twigged what had happened again. <laughs> One thing you can be sure of is that 11-year-old kids do not believe in coincidences, and my attempts to claim that I fainted because of hay fever and the summer temperatures fell on deaf ears. I was given pelters for weeks and weeks, and it was mortifying. The following term, I was set up to go into secondary school as a year seven, so my assumption was that most people wouldn't know about it, or those that did may have forgotten about it over the summer break. Nah. <laughs> Even people who didn't attend my junior school knew all about it, and the story had been embellished so much that it wasn't even about fainting over periods or childbirth anymore, to the point where a year 10 from the other side of town, who I'd never met before, said in passing, to the great amusement of the playground and those around me, weren't you, 
<laughs> you the kid that passed out when you saw your mum's tits? <laughs> How do you respond to that? Knowing the truth sounds just as bad. Do you say, no, it was because of a video about periods, actually? Or do you use the old classic hay fever excuse that was about as flimsy as my 11-year-old confidence? I was haunted for the next few months, possibly years. I couldn't tell you as I simply shut it out. It was one of those life-defining moments. I get married next year and the talk of children is around the corner. If the day comes that I have to be at the hospital with my future wife, I better bloody make sure I have a packet of my um, hay fever remedies and stay way, way clear of the business end. Loving the show. (laughs) Keep it up. Lots of love. Rich Sharp, age 34 and a quarter. Hampshire born and bred, living in Brisbane, Australia. Have you got a viewing window? That is so good. The, the bit, the bit about um, weren't uh, weren't you the kid that passed out when you saw your mum? That is such a great like Chinese whisper, local town thing to happen. <laughs> like, that, we could all relate to that. It's but fantastic. in a sex ed class, why would you? Why would your mum suddenly get a busters out? It's Chinese whispers. Yeah. It's Chinese whispers, Pete. I'm it? having it. I'm having um, it. Though. Do you want to do another final one? We'll have a quick one, yeah, if you want. Um, who have we got here? Hello. Um, can you fill for a second while I just yeah. find this one? There's an email here which I've titled Money Saving Tips from Provincial Child and Request for Life Hacks, which in this case is a euphemism for fraud. Is this Ben? Uh, yeah, let's, pro- do, let's do yeah. Ben's. Yeah, it's Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, good, this. <clears throat> uh, batteries, I care. Love your job. Gents, I'll be brief. Hope all as well. After the Will Smith chat from episode 68, it reminded me of a little life hack which me and a group of London friends invented back in the late 90s and the early noughties. I mean, he says life hack here, Pete. It's, it's thievery. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, weren't, we weren't wealthy kids by any means. Uh, we were around 15, 16 at the time, but we had enough money to get into the city every Saturday to skate and explore. And with about 10 quid for the day, we had to be very careful on where we spent money. That's a, That was a lovely sort of moment. I, you know, I'd do my paper round and stuff, and then on a Saturday, I'd have 10 to 12 quid, 15 quid to, to, to get involved in and get something. Um, I, really I remember um, going to, to Fratton Park to watch Portsmouth every Saturday. Mm. My parents, mum would give me a tenner, yeah. and that would be for the £7 to get in, yeah. the ferry over, because it's in Portsmouth Harbour, you have to go across, right. and for other transport. But sometimes in the news, which is a local newspaper there, they used to do kids for a quid, right. but I never used to tell my mum. Right. So I have an extra six quid. Lovely. So I can get a program, a burger. Lovely. A can of Coke. Fine all that work. stuff. Yeah, it's class. Fantastic. I was basically stealing from my parents. <laughs> um, yeah, we had 10 quid of the day. I'd be very careful where you spent money. Usually we had the cost of a child travel card, two quid, pack of 10 fags, 250. And then, here with it is, 250. <laughs> and then a, a Burger King uh, chips and drink for lunch, £2.50. Excellent choice, uh, Ben. Uh, so after spends, we had around about two or three pounds, little nugs left for uh, any shopping we might want to pursue in town. Uh, small side note to say my dear friend created his own life hack by saving money on lunch and instead eating about 10 sachets of ketchup from Burger King on a few occasions. That is, I mean, that is demented. Sugary. Sugary. That is absolutely demented. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back at the time in Soho on and around Berwick Street, uh, there were loads of independent CD shops, probably only about two or three now, isn't it? Um, whilst on Oxford Street lived the mighty Virgin Records, now a Primark, I believe that's correct. Uh, we used to frequent a shop called Mr. CD, which used to sell white label promos of metal albums for about one or two pounds. They also had a bargain bin as well. Uh, this is where my uh, memory kicked in and remembered after you rem- after you uh, mentioned Big Will Smith and his success uh, or, or, or not of his singles that received, but how his uh, album Big Willie Style did not have that much success. Uh, for the record, it was a collection of all his bangers from that time, so no idea how it bombed. In the said bargain bin in Mr. CD, you could pick up a brand new copy of Big Willie Style for a single pound. Uh, we realised after a bit of brainstorming that we could buy the CD, then work, when walk up to Virgin uh, Records, Virgin uh, Megastores, and go to the uh, customer service department where you could return the CD using the excuse my grandma bought it for my birthday, but uh, didn't have the receipt. Right. The first Here's part, where the fraud comes yeah, in. Yeah, for the first genius part of the story, which for some reason the uh, Will Smith album that they stocked at the time was some crazy US import version of it, which cost £22. 
which you'd occasionally see in like WH Smith and stuff. You'd yeah. see like a Radiohead like Japanese import, yeah. which nobody's buying in WH Smith, presumably. No. Um, and it would be like 30 quid or something. All, all Metallica insane. albums were 20 quid. Yeah. Weird. I mean, they're yeah. twice, aren't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of the best ever Onion headlines, Pete, um, picture of Metallica around a table saying, um, members of Metallica debate whether new riff will affect share price. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, they'd go in they'd, um, they, they, with their £1 uh, Big Willie style album and they'd uh, be able to uh, get a credit note to the tune of £22 to spend on whatever they liked in Virgin. Amazingly, the life hack had begun. The second genius part to this was that the bargain bin in Mr. CD was rammed full of brand new copies of Big Willie style and other failed albums <laughs> big name artists, which essentially meant over the next year or so, we'd uh, weekly pick up two to three albums at a time for two to three pounds in Mr. CD, walk over to Virgin the same day to be given a credit note uh, up in the region of 50 to 60 pounds. Virgin was so big and had uh, had so many staff that it was never picked up upon. Yeah. All the staff just didn't give a shit, to be honest. No. And, and I mean, one thing I will say... I yeah. mean, a colossal... It's ballsy, yeah. incredibly lucrative. I'm for it, Ben. I don't like kind of uh, life hacks and, and, and theft that, you know, bags you about five quid. Not worth it. But if you're going into the 50s and 60s, wonderful work, Ben. Would you have, would you have been too scared to do that? As oh, a kid? massively. Yeah. yeah, never in a million and years. The that. only thing I will take issue with is, is that the idea that Big Willie Style wasn't successful. I think I think it was like it, I thought Big Willie Star was successful. Yeah, it did like yeah. nine million records yeah. in the US. It was massive, absolutely yeah. massive, and it was quite big in the UK as well. No, 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 no. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. There we go. I think Ben deserves to end the show with that blatant uh, crime committing. I preferred Richard Blackwood. Good luck. Yeah, he was the British Wilson. The British Wilson. Good, good luck going into um, a courtroom saying um, <laughs> uh, objection. It's not theft, it was a life hack. <laughs> that is a softer way of saying you're stealing from people. Correct. Um, but we are not the moral guardians here, Pete. We don't judge. We just, uh, just I guess, just, just amplify these messages to, you, to the masses. Can you imagine if we were, though? Bloody hell. The moral guardians would yeah. be a hypocrite. Ruin, ruinous. Absolutely hypocrites. All right, then let's get out of here. Let's, let's, let's come back next time. Yeah, hello at Luke and Pete Show if you'd like to get in touch. Mm. Um, and yeah, do get in touch with anything you think would be relevant for the show. We'd love to hear from you. And we will look forward to speaking to you again. Uh, so, cheers. Say goodbye, Peter. <laughs> Bye-bye. And it's goodbye from me. Good. Good.